Good morning, everybody. It is England is burning for February 22nd, 2021. Yes. Remember, remember y'all, we changed our name. We couldn't be Manchester's burning anymore because we're not covering just Manchester football no more. So yeah, we're now FAWSL focused. We're focused on the top four leagues. And as you've seen our Twitter, we're also expanding that out. So if you're a fan of the other eight teams in the league, like Reading or Everton or West Ham or Bristol City uh, or, you know, Birmingham or anything like that, give us a DM because we'd like to talk to you about coming on and talking about your club also. All right. So we're going to be all we're going to try to be all more inclusive. But as promised this week, we're in the international break. So not no FAWSL matches to talk about, but there are report cards that need to be handed out because we're in a long break. And so we need to take inventory, as they say, of where these top four teams are right now. So I'm bringing on every contributor for each team on to give us their take on what their ratings for their teams are. Yesterday, we had Rob coming on from the CFCW social. He's a senior editor there. He gave us some ratings for how he thinks Chelsea women are doing. And today I have Mark, Mark from the Barmy Army talking about United and giving his takes on where he thinks the club stands at the international break and what he thinks will happen moving forward. Mark, thank you for coming on today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. Great, great. Love having you on and so forth. So we're going to break this down. So what I want to do is I want to go, I want to give, have you give us a rating one to 10. Uh, we don't do player ratings on this show. I don't think we ever will. I hope not. But I want to do I want to do a rating for the offense, the defense, and the manager uh, of so far how you think United has done so far this this season at this juncture. So let's start with the offense. What rating from one to ten would you give um, Manchester United's offense so far? Uh, it's a tough it, it's a tough question to answer that one. Um, we. Attacking wise, I, I would go a good seven, maybe a, a pusher and eight. Um, we've scored thirty-two goals in in the WSL this season. Um, it's not as much as Chelsea or or any of the other, you know, maybe even Arsenal, who seem to roll over the the smaller teams. But we've scored thirty-two. We We've been consistently good, I think, up front, except for the last two games. Mm-hmm. Um, and we make chances. Um, we might not take the chances we get, we sometimes create, but we create them. And I think as well as scoring goals, you've got to look at the, the other side of that, and that's the creation of the, of the goals that we're making. And I think that's probably where I think we're more improved than maybe last season. So from it sounds like what you're saying is is that you're giving it a seven, maybe a seven point five. Yeah. Based a lot on uh United's ability to create scoring opportunities, to create goal opportunities. The weakness there, the limitation at this point has been from your standpoint is uh, being able to follow through and converting those into actual goals on a more consistent basis. Yeah, I mean, if you take, you know, the last couple of games, the City game and the Reading game, if we lost, but we were creating chances. But and I don't, we haven't got that clinical goal scorer there. People, make many people could say Jess Sigsworth could do that job, 
or um, uh, uh, LJ, Lauren James, or, um, you know, Alessia Russo. But those, those, you know, two of them are injured and the other one in, in Jess seems to be playing on the right. Kristen, she's still getting... We've seen the, I think we've seen the best of Kristen Press in the last two games. But I think she's, from, from speaking to people about her, I think she's best as coming off the left. Mm-hmm. left-hand side and not playing as a, as a number nine. Um, and uh, So I think where we fall short is that we haven't got that clinical goal finisher, but we've got the creation around them to create the goals. So the, the advanced statistics really bear that out, actually, from an objective standpoint. So you, you, Manchester United is currently, they are third in WSL in shot creating actions per 90 minutes, third. And then they are fourth in goal creating actions per 90 minutes in the league behind City, Chelsea, and Arsenal in order. And it's, but you mentioned the conversion rate, being able to convert expected goals and the goals, you know, taking those chances. And actually United is actually sixth in the league in that category behind yeah. Arsenal, City, Chelsea, Everton, and Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, so that's where you see the see that. So 7.5 to me sounds like really a fair number. They have the ability to create chances. They have done it. Uh, and they can they have the ability to create chances on a fairly regular basis unless they go through go into a really strong defensive side. Um, but then just being able to convert them. I also agree wholeheartedly about Tobin Heath, uh, not Tobin Heath, but uh, Kristen Press, uh, where she's really come on, you know, uh, recently. Um, if anyone's seen the She Believes Cup, she also scored a goal for the U.S. yesterday. Uh, that was just, a, you know, one of her classic goals, but you've also seen that for her from her at United as well, uh, taking those shots and, and, and converting them. So let's talk about the defense. Let's talk about Casey Stoney's defense at United. What rating would you give it from one to 10? Ah, I think the defence this year, there's been obviously some changes made. We've conceded 16, which doesn't sound a lot considering, you know, the number of games we've played. Um, Again, I I would go a a high, I I would go a seven, maybe maybe even, you know, seven and a half. I I think there's been some individual mistakes which have cost Mm us, but other than that, we've been fairly. So- I think we've been fairly solid at the back. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, the, the City game and the Reading game. They they were defensive mistakes made for, for goals in that game. But other than that, mm-hmm. we've been. As I said, I think we've been fairly solid at the back. Statistically speaking, that also is true. Uh, very much so. Because interesting enough, though, um, as far as they United is fourth in the league in stopping teams from getting shot creating situations. They're fourth in the league behind the other big three uh, and in defending goal creating actions, actually United is second. So what it seems like though, from, from an objective standpoint, maybe you can comment on this from what you've seen is that Manchester United you know, they maybe allow a little bit more chances of from their opposition to occur than maybe the other top three teams. However, they're in terms of uh, converting those chances or opponents being able to convert those, they're actually a little bit better 
um, you know, when it comes to that. Has that been your observation? Yeah, I've mentioned it for the last couple of weeks on, mm -hmm. on, on here with you, that mm -hmm. as a back four, we're pretty solid. You know, you can, most teams you can name, you know, maybe three or four starters who are going to play every game. But if everyone's fit, you can name United's defence. You know, your goalkeeper in there, she's going to start mm -hmm. most games, if not every game in the, in the WSL. And then you're going to have Amy and Millie, who are always going to be your first three centre-backs, unless there's an injury. Honour can either play right or left, and then Kirsty Smith can play the other side. So defensively, I think we're more stable. And mm -hmm. Honour is, is a new recruit who's coming this year. It looks like she's been playing there for years, and she's got an understanding with Millie on, or Amy on the other side. But Kirsty Smith, who's been there since we've been brought back, she's obviously played with Amy and Millie. So, so there's an understanding there. And that they all know the jobs. And I think that's what Casey... Um, prides herself on is her defence. Obviously, the last couple of games, you take that out of out of the, the you know it's one of those things that happens. We've said it said it before, but defensively, as a standpoint, Casey has always said, let's start to try and get a clean sheet, and then that's clean sheets win your games. Sorry, clean sheets win your titles, goals win your games, and I think that's where the, that's her ethos. Yeah, isn't that in the United DNA? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, in, in terms of that. And I think the classic example of that, what you just said, was the match against Arsenal. Because Arsenal came in as like, at that time, they came in as the offensive powerhouse at that time they were just rolling teams just rolling you know six four you know goals against these sides and then they came to, they went they played united and united got a clean sheet yeah it, it was one nil uh for united that i think really put the flag down for united for the season and yeah. told everyone in the league like nah when when we're not settling for you know, fourth place, fifth place this team, yeah. this time. We're going to look at, you know, we're looking at top three. I think that was, to me, the, one of the, the matches of the season for them so far, uh, as far as a major positive for them. So let's roll on to, to we talked, you know, roll on to Casey Stoney. And now Casey is now, I guess, if you count last season, yeah, I guess you can't really count last season as a full season in a WSL, the way it was just sort of canceled in the middle. Yeah. But, you know, so it's United's, like, I pro this season will be United's actually full, full season. But how would you rate her as a manager right now? Again, she, you, you can't knock the job that she's done. Um, she, you know, three years ago, she got together 21 players who, you know, to play for Manchester United and, we, we won the championship in her first season and we won it. I don't want to disrespect any of the teams that were in the championship at that time, but we won that league easily. And, mm -hmm. I, 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 and I don't mean any disrespect to that. And then she then brought in, you know, quality players, the likes of Jackie Grown and Hayley Ladd. She brought in Mary Earps, you know, because Siobhan Chamberlain announced she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then this season, she's brought in the likes of Alessia Russo on a battle, Ivana Fuso. Then, because of COVID and obviously what's happening in, in America, she then brings in on loan the likes of 
Tobin and, and, and Kristen. And this is a, a manager who, uh, you know, in, in my opinion, is still learning her job. Right. So, you know, the, her first full season as a manager, she wins the championship. The, the second season, as you said, was curtailed through no fault of anyone's. It was just where the world was at the time. And we were a fourth place team in our first full season, in, in a, a half a season or whatever you want to call it. And then this season, we've come on leaps and bounds again. And Kate, I, I don't want to say that and get, oh, give a 10 out, of, a 10 out of 10. Eight and a half, nine is, I think, a very fair reflection on, on, on the job I think Casey, Casey has done because she's come in and she's set down her what she thinks is her standard, not what she expects. This is what she wants to achieve. Mm-hmm. So when I, I really love talking about managers, and I really love studying managers. And I, but in when I when I rate a manager, I look at three things. I look at tactics. I looked at personnel management, or in the men's game, they call it man management, yeah. and emotional intelligence. If you look at emotional intelligence, personnel management, and tactics. Which is Casey's strong suit? How would you also rate her emotional intelligence? I think with Casey, you can only look at Lotta when Lotta left in January. Lotta was homesick. And and Casey, instead of being, you know, a manager saying, no, you're going to stay and, and play, she said, you know, you're also a human being and I have to look after you as a human being. Mm-hmm. And if it's right for you to go home, then I can't stop you and I don't want to stop you. And I think as a human being, you, that's Casey's, one of Casey's biggest things is that she, she, yes, she's a manager and yes, she can be tough and yes, she can be hard on the players, but she's also a human being and she has to respect, she respects the players and they respect her because of that. Excellent. Excellent. And, and I, I what I, the biggest thing I'm hearing and I totally agree is the idea that there's been progression. And, and I think that um, I've, I've talked about this on the, on this podcast, this video cast before, not necessarily in relation to Casey Stoney, but in relation to just managers in general. I think I actually was speaking of, of um, uh, Alexander Solshire, actually, when I'm when saying that, that, uh, but in general, I really think that it takes at least a year to even know, have any clue about what you're going to be doing in any job. It takes a year, let alone being a manager at a huge club just starting out. So major, major props for that. The first that first season uh, winning, winning the championship, advancing into the into the WSL after that. And then, you know, just the progression moving forward. And this year so far has been a major progression. I think a major progression um, from I think also it takes three to five years to be great. Yeah. Casey, and so now we're in year three. Yeah. I mean, Casey, she, she, she said in an interview, um, on, I, I can't remember whether it was on MUTV. I, I kind of think it was where she came out with this. This is the ethos that we are currently going with. We're going to crawl, mm-hmm. we're then going to walk, and then we'll run. Mm-hmm. But we seem to have, in my opinion anyway, we have seemed to skip a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. And we've gone from crawl to run straight away because we've missed walk because of mm-hmm. where we are. And that's only because of the progression, we, as you said, we've made 
But Katie has a, a, a five-year plan for, for this team. Mm-hmm. And what, what would have happened last season if not COVID would have hit? Who knows? Sure. That, no one knows that. But Katie has said this year we are fighting for the top three. Mm-hmm. And that's progression because last year we finished fourth. So if you finish third, that's that's clearly a, pro- a progression for you. And I, I respect the way, and I think most of the fans respect the way Casey talks because she's got a, a love for the game mm-hmm. and the way she speaks about it. So you mentioned the the target, the target being you know qualification into the Champions League. Yeah. So let's let's switch gears. I'm going to come back to her in a, later, but okay. let's switch gears. So yeah. so. You mentioned a lot of good, very strong players who played very well this year, so far this season. But who is your player of the year on United squad so far? I know there's a lot of choices. If you could only pick one, who would that be? Yeah, I think again, head and heart are saying two different things. I sure. Think, um, you look at it. You look at it through the games, and you're going to go, you know, honor, honor. She's she's been brilliantly. But I might, I'm, I'm going to go a different way because I think from the beginning of the season through to the Christmas break, for me, Jackie Gronin was outstanding. She she really was. Um, so I, I think there's a choice for, for, for both her and Honor, but I'll, I'll just go for Jackie because I think Jackie, um, the way she plays, the way she breaks up attacks, and and uh, she the way she can feed a ball through her vision is is outstanding. So, I'll go for just for Jackie on on that basis. It's a, it's a tough one, as I said, and as you completely said as well. There are a few good choices, but uh, Jackie for me just gets it. Excellent choice. That that actually would be my would also be my top choice as well. I I would agree. I'm always very. Um, I have a soft spot for players who are all around players I mean, players. Yeah. I mean, not just because I think there is an, a, an attacker bias, you know, that, Oh yeah. The, the player of the year has got to be the person that scores the most goals. Yeah. Uh, and that's not always the case uh, because you got to feed people the ball. They got to get the ball, you know, and people got to defend uh, and so forth. And so someone like Jackie kind of fits that, you know, uh, area and, uh, you know, she's not going to be, she's not your goal scorer. She's not in, you know, she's not, you know, she's not going to rack up a whole bunch of assists either, but just her all haul around game and being able to be an engine, you know, on that team while she's yeah. on the pitch is, is really what is her strong suit. And now the objective, I mean, sorry, you, go ahead, Mark. You turn that into to the first game of the season against Chelsea. We went in one nil down. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a full bench. Jackie was on the bench. Jackie comes in in that first half on the, in the, on the second half. She completely changes that game and we get a draw out of it. I'm not saying Jackie was the reason for it, but Jackie influenced that game and then she's influenced every single game right. since then. Up, and that, that's why for me. The objective is to get into a Champions League qualification. Is there yeah. a player on the squad that really needs to step it up a notch in order to help this club? really now with riddled with injury issues and things like that does a player needs to kind of step up so that United can make that qualification I, I, I don't think there's there's a, a certain player who needs to step up I think all the players know what the goal is and mm-hmm. as a team they can all achieve that together I think 
from a fan point of view, from my point of view, I think what we need to do is be clinical. And we said this at the beginning, right. we need to be clinical in front of goal. We can't, you know, winning games 1-0 against Arsenal is fine, but you can't go and win 1-0 against an Aston Villa, for an example, because you need to build up your goal difference. Currently, our goal difference is 16. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we scored 32, we conceded 16. We need to score goals and win games. We need to get, and I think as a team, that, that's the, 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 the objective. And I, I don't think, like I said, there's not one player. The, the, every player needs to play to get us into the Champions League. And I, I think we will. I think we'll, we'll be all right to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in looking at those those clinical finishing and so forth, I mean, United's top, you know, clinical finisher in terms of converting goal and for converting expected goals and the goals is actually Tobin Heath. She's injured. Yeah. yeah. Uh, after that is Millie Turner. She's a defender. Yeah. She's got two goals. After that, it's Leah Galton. Yeah. What uh, have you heard anything new about her injury status? I have not heard anything either. So she's injured. So the top, you know, the two of the top three clinical finishers on the team are injured at this point. The other one's a defender. Uh, And, you know, after that is, you know, um, Jane Ross and then, uh, and then Russo, who's also had injury issues um, as well. So yeah, completely agree that, you know, it's like um, some of these folks that, um, you know, need in terms of being able to clinically finish, because we explained earlier, Plenty of chances. Yeah. <laughs> Plenty of chances. We just got to convert them. All right. And, and the hopeful thing is, is that we're, we're getting some of the players back from injury. So Alessia Russo's training now with mm-hmm. the team. Mm-hmm. Lucy Stanforth's training with the team. So hopefully, you know, they'll come on against Villa maybe and mm-hmm. get a few minutes under the belt just to step it up a bit. I don't think you can rush especially unless he is back straight. We can't rush her into 90 minutes or even, you know, you, you build her in slowly. And I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that unless he will, will take some of the, 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 the weight off for scoring goals, because that's her position and that's what she does best. So your overall rating so far, I think it was like you gave like the offense, like a 7.5 defense, maybe an yeah. eight and KC around eight to nine, yeah. 8.5. Yeah. So sound like what eight would be your overall rating for the team yeah. so far. Yeah. So here is the hard question. Here's okay. a hard question or a set of questions. So how do you think it's going to turn out? Do you think United will keep that qualification slot? They're sitting where they are. They would qualify. Uh, for the Champions League, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think they'll keep it? Yeah, I think we will. I know Arsenal have got games in hand, mm-hmm. right? But the, the 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 question you can always ask yourself is: Would you rather have the points now or the games in hand? And for me, I would always have the points because yes. you don't know what you don't <laughs> I agree. Know, I agree you with you. You don't know what's going to happen in these no. games. You know, you no. could have. Um, you know, the situation Chelsea when they played Brighton and, mm-hmm. and the, a shot came. So right. you'd rather have the points. We have a good gap between ourselves and Arsenal. So am I, am I confident we're going to stay third? Yeah, because we've got the points already. Mm-hmm. Um, and as someone said, I think we need 16 points out of the last few games. Mm-hmm. Once we've played Arsenal, with, with, no, with all due respect to all the other teams, right. we saw teams below us. Mm-hmm. And... Right. You know, we've got a, 
we've got a good record on the road. You know, we've not we've lost one two games away, and again, you know, we've lost against Chelsea away and City away. We haven't drawn a game away on the road, mm-hmm. we've, and we've won six out of uh, we've won six out of eight. So, and we've got Arsenal, uh, Villa, Arsenal are our next two, and they're both away. So, I'm confident we'll get something out of those games, and that will just push us further ahead of Arsenal. So, I, I have another putting you on the spot question for you because yeah. let's assume, let's yeah. assume that. United get third, okay, which yeah. seems very realistic at this point. Yeah. They win against Arsenal, they clinch third, uh, and so forth. Sad to say, and, and many people who are United fans out there know this, uh, know this, on the men's side, there has been a bit of a history of the last seven, eight years of managers not being backed. Like they get to you know, uh, since their Alex Ferguson left, managers, when it came to needing additional supports, being backed by the board, hasn't happened. Uh, and it's just been it's been a continual theme, which has been frustrating for United fans for, for several years. So for Casey Stoney, she gets Champions League qualification. Is the board going to back her when she comes to them and says, you know what, if we want to win the, a trophy, we want to advance in the Champions League, if we want to continue to progress, is she going to get back? Do you think she's going to be backed by the board who has a tradition of not backing their managers when they reach this level? I, I, I will say yes. Okay. For the simple reason mm-hmm. that... Um, Casey wouldn't identify the players she wants. Mm-hmm. And if they are willing to come, I, I think the club will, will make that, will get them. Um, I, I think the, the bigger issue would be living in a non-COVID world, mm-hmm. getting those players in. Casey said in, in many interviews, that she likes to get to know the players before she, right, right. before she mm-hmm. brings them in and, and gets them in. And, and currently, you know, everyone is speaking, you know, like we are via Zoom or Teams or Sysx or um, and I think that's um, going to be difficult. Um, but I think the club will back her because they've backed her every way so far, mm-hmm. and I don't think they'll stop stop now. They see this team as. Uh, as another, you know, United will always look at things as a, a revenue avenue, revenue, mm-hmm. and the, the the women's team are a popular team. You just go on social media, you'll see Absolutely. what, you know, yes, you, you'll see all that, and then you look at the the homegrown base, and like we are, um, mm-hmm. I think the club will back her. As long as the players want to come, then I think they'll back her. I don't know if it will surprise anyone listening or watching or watching this video out there, but if you look on social media and all the social media statistics about Manchester United women's team, they are actually on social media. The women's team in, at United is the most popular team in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at engagement, followers, all of it, they're the most popular women's team professionally mm-hmm. club team in the world. Yeah. You know, not anyone in NWSL, not Leon in France or or uh, Wolfsburg in, or Bayern Munich. They are. It's the United Women's Team is the is the highest engaged social media 
in the world as far as popularity is concerned. And, so that is something they're going to, to to fall back on. Yeah, and, um, and United will, and United will know all of that, and they will, they will see all the popularity, and they will mm -hmm. they will look at it. Um, United United are a club, but they're also a business, and they're in it to make money. And they will look at the books, and, and most businesses will. You know, mm -hmm. we've not been living in a normal world for twelve years, uh, for True. twelve months. Right. And they will look at it, and they, and it will go across to the men's team as well, and they will look at it and go, if we can if we can balance the books to get these players in, yeah, we'll do it. Mm -hmm. And if it, if we can't, then we will work something else out. And and I agree. I and I'm I'm all about, I'm all about football clubs have to be run as a business in to, in order to survive and to yeah. succeed. It's a matter of how you do it. I have no problem with football teams or football clubs making money. It's how you make the money, how you use your resources, and do you allocate it properly? Do you put your the club in a financial position to be successful in the short term and the long term? Uh, and we could probably have a whole different show on that absolutely. aspect of it in terms of how United is run financially. Yeah, but absolutely. but what has been clear, though, and Mark, is I totally agree that the, that United sees it as a business and they see opportunity yeah. and they've always taken commercial opportunity and have used the football, the club as a way to commercialize itself. And they've done that historically. Yeah. And so the same thing is here. Um, I, I now I may be cynical in saying I think one of the main reasons why they signed two American players off the US women's team from the NWSL partly was to put a flag in the US for the women's team. You look at the shirt sales that of Tobin Heath and Kristen Press m a month after they were signed were off the charts, you know. You know, now someone can be really cynical about that and say, you know, yeah, it was a commercial success. It's been on, but, but the thing that is, you can't ignore the fact that it's been also an on the field success. Yeah. It's an on a pitch success and has been a commercial success. And so there's something really to build yeah. on. Uh, and on that point, I, on that point, I completely agree that, you know, you look at the likes of Zlatan when he came mm -hmm. to United, he right. came on a, right. he came on a free transfer, mm -hmm. but his shirt sales paid his wages. Mm -hmm. And the same with Tobin and Kristen. They're on loan. And I right. I, I know, my wife knows that people within the BA, we know uh, there's, a, there's a member of the Barmy Army who's got Kristen Press printed on three shirts. Mm -hmm. But she's had to get it done twice because Kristen Press's squad number for the US is 23. Mm -hmm. And obviously United, she's 24. So she went out when it was announced and she put three shirts well, with Kristen Press 23 on the back. Then it was announced it was Kristen Press 24. She's bought another three shirts. And United will look at it and go, that's the thing. And United United will have the 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 the, the data to say these these players that we can make money off them as well as make money for them. Mm -hmm. And as a club, United will look at it, as you said, as a, as a business opportunity. So uh, thank you so much, Mark, for that, for that yeah. discussion and, and so forth. One of the things that you mentioned to me uh, that um, before we started was the Barmy Army's campaign around mental health yeah. and so forth. 
can you give our listeners, our the viewers here, a, a tidbit about what that's about, so that if they're interested, they they can be a part of that. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So um, at the very beginning of of our first lockdown back in March, almost a year ago, um, the committee of the BA. So Natalie is chair, my wife Deborah, who's the vice chair, uh, myself, who is the secretary and and, and the treasurer and Shane the treasurer. We made a decision to make sure that members of the BA could reach out to us at all times. And then we decided on a Sunday, because that's when most football games were, mm-hmm. we decided to start a, a, a Skype call called the Sunday Social. And that's been going on now for the last 49 weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's an opportunity for for anyone who is a member of the BA, anyone who just wants to come and have a chat about, we don't just talk football, we talk mm-hmm. cookery, we talk world events, we talk everything. Mm-hmm. Cool. And it's just a way of us keeping us, us connected to the community that mm-hmm. we have, because we're all, you know, there's some of us based in Manchester, we have people coming on from the US, from Norway. Um, we, we, we make sure that people in, in times like this, there is an outlet for them because staring at your same four walls every single day isn't great. And it's just maybe a different face. It's just a hi, how you doing kind of conversation. And then we get back to, to normal things. Last night we, we did, uh, we did a watch along of the men's game. And then mm-hmm. while that was going on, they were doing a watch along of the she believes game. And it's mm-hmm. just a way of us reaching out and, staying connected in these times because it's difficult not just for us for everyone we're all going through the same and um it's something that as as a group as a committee side of things we are extremely proud of and um we hope to well we hope in a good way not to continue it for too much longer that hopefully the world will be a normal place soon and we can actually see each other in in face to face Yeah. And one of the things that has been so hard as a mental health professional myself, one of the biggest Mm -hmm. indicators of poor mental health and dare I say poor, um, you know, poor, you know, poor functioning behaviorally mental health wise. And also one of the indicators, unfortunately, of suicide is the lack of social connectedness. That is a key indicator. Uh, of mental health, it's a key indicator, you know, in terms of risk of of really harmful things happening. And so, you know, when I've done mental health assessments on for, with patients and with other folks, one of the things you talk about is how socially connected you are. And the pandemic, of course, being on lockdowns and everything else, has really put a major, major, seriously severe threat to that social connectedness. So it's wonderful that, that the VA and other organizations and other folks are, you know, trying to do everything they can to keep that social connectedness going, because yeah. that's really literally what is keeping people going yeah. uh, and being able like, okay, well, I can make it through this because I have something to look forward to. I can connect with people online and connect with people through Zoom or, or Teams, yeah. et cetera. And so it's so vitally important. So I'm so I'm so happy to hear that the BA is, is really heavily involved in that. And I'm sure other supporter groups, groups are doing similar things. Yeah. And it, it's one of the things that, you know, we, I, you know, we do a, a Barmy Army podcast and it, one of the things that there was a comment that came on a few weeks ago mm-hmm. where we were saying thank you for people for joining us you know the mm-hmm. same way you went and, and one of the comments was no thank you you've helped me yeah. and 
it's it's that kind of thing that when you see it, you realise that there is other people going through it in the world, mm-hmm. not just you in in your, your house. And it's important in these times that when we even when we come out of it, even when there is a normal, is that people still stay connected mm-hmm. because. I hope in my lifetime I don't ever see anything like this again, what's happened in the last year. Yes. Because I know how tough it's been, mm-hmm. not just for me, but for my wife and, and my family and, and friends that we've not seen. And we stay have to stay connected. You have to, you know, even if it's just a text message to go, hi, that's that's a start. And mm-hmm. that's, something that, that's what something that we, we, we kind of have tried to pride ourselves on over this time is just reaching out to people and going, you okay? Don't you don't need to get into it any more than that. And if they come back, go fine. You've done your, you've done it, but you've connected to them. And I think that's where as a group and as a, a, a on the committee side of things, it's where we wanted to put our emphasis during this time. Excellent. And it's brilliant stuff. It really is and extremely important. Uh, and congratulations on the, on that and, and uh, keep it up uh, and so forth. Mark, thank you so much for be, for joining us today. Excellent, brilliant stuff uh, that you've brought to us. And so England is burning, needs to close for, today, for this portion of today. We will be back with Emma from the Man City Women Fan Cast. Well, she will give her rating, her report card on the Manchester City team. Also tomorrow, Josh will be back with us and he will give his ratings on Arsenal so far this uh this season so in closing everyone please acknowledge the light is out there let it become part of you let it hug you let it be within you but also acknowledge there is a darkness out there we spoke briefly about it just now do not ever let the darkness hug you but if it does please reach out help yourself help each other support each other and take care of yourself out there england is burning is out for not just for today, but just for the moment. We'll be back later on.